That's it, guys. Welcome to the first, Good very first, Scarves and Spikes podcast. Uh, this is Tyler Pilgrim from Dirty South Soccer alongside Sydney Hunt and Tommy Moose. Uh, make sure you guys you can you can see our names up on the uh, up on the screen. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, um, Scarves and Spikes on YouTube and Twitch, and on Twitter it is at Scarves in Spikes. So we welcome you guys in to the very first episode. Finally, this has been um, I want to say a long time in the making, guys, but it's it's really not. I mean, we kind of had the idea for a while, but post World Cup was when we really got this thing kind of going. Yeah, um, good to have you all along, and just to kind of give you all, I mean, most of you know how we got started, myself, Tyler, Tommy, we host the um, post-game Twitter spaces on the Dirty South Soccer Twitter channel, or Twitter feed, I should say, um, so I'm sure you guys are big fans of those, you listen to those, or the highs and lows with Lady United, mostly lows, probably in 2022, if we're honest with ourselves. but Our therapy sessions that we had. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Too but, much um, losing. Right. Too much losing. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, hopefully um, hopefully 2023 brings brighter days for Lady United. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to do it with you guys, Tyler and Tommy. As I see on YouTube, Twitch, uh, and Twitter, but also as a podcast. So if you guys missed the show or can't make it out um, – just search 30 South Soccer on your favorite podcast platform and you'll be able to listen there. So much so, complaining that we had on, on spaces last year. Just so many losses. Yeah, and, and, and the good thing about this too is, is you know, you guys can comment on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter. Yeah. This is our first Superial, episode. Yeah. Zelf, we see you. Yeah, we see all you guys. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, we, we want this to be as interactive as possible. Obviously, it's, it's a little different than Twitter spaces. We're not going to be able to get everybody in at the same time, but you guys can chat. You can send in messages. Um, and we're going to have, you know, entire segments dedicated to what you guys say in the comments. And also we definitely want to, uh, we want to have you guys comment and, and chat with us. So we're going to get to it, but we have a ton of Atlanta United news to cover because Atlanta decided. Alex Dijon is on. That, that, that's the headline. I don't yes. know what you're talking about. That's what we got to start with, right? Breaking like, news. We don't have our official NFT guy a- anymore to tell us what we need. Like, I still don't understand what <laughs> NFTs are. But Alex Dijon was my so. investment advisor for a long time. He had me. He had me look on at a that roll. fancy microphone you have. I know. Look at that, man. <laughs> and look if, at all this. That's all Dijon. Yeah. If anyone in the chat knows how knows anything about NFTs, please let us know because. Yeah, you know more than we do collectively. <laughs> Please explain. Or if you listen to podcasts, send us an email or tweet us. <laughs> so, all right. The first, I think, just to dive into it because we we want to try to keep these episodes around an hour, hour and a half. If it goes longer, it goes longer. If it whatever, you know, we're we're just here. We're having fun. We're having a good time. But there is a crap ton of Atlanta United news since the new year mm-hmm. and before. The big one that we're going to probably spend a bit of time on is Mr. Joseph Martinez. Uh, how does this thing work? We got to light Drop. one up for... Uh... <laughs> light him up. Light him up, Tommy. <laughs> we got to light one up for Joseph because this is this is bad news. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but here's the thing. Is it bad news 
that he's going or is it just bad news in the way that he's going? Yeah. I mean, I think Joseph was always leaving. We, we knew Joseph was always leaving, right? Uh, just the relationship between the front office and Joseph Martinez was just really fractured beyond repair. I mean, the Garth Lagerwood comes in really a clean slate. Um, not as familiar with what's going on, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he was always leaving. And I know we kind of talked about the Twitter spaces, guys. You know, we're hoping that Atlanta United wouldn't, wouldn't use the buyout on Joseph Martinez. We're hoping that um, the club could get some kind of return on him. Uh, he did have a no-trade clause in his contract that he would have to waive, obviously, if he wanted to be traded to another MLS side. Uh, there's always the outside chance, too, that a club overseas would make a transfer bid on him and Lady United would be able to make at least some return, but it doesn't look like that will happen. It looks like he's headed to enter Miami based on reports from The Athletic. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think kind of the good news for Atlanta United is they're getting a DP slot back. And, you know, with Garth Lager away in the building now, it's going to be interesting to see what Atlanta United do with that DP slot. <laughs> I mean, there's no shortage of needs the team has at this current point in time, the striker being one of them. So I'm really interested to see what Garth Lagerway, Carlos Bocanegra do with that extra DP, well, not extra, but that DP slot that is set to open up. And yeah, who knows? Maybe there's a superstar striker out there that we haven't mentioned that is on his way to Atlanta. Well, and this all started months ago, right when the season ended, Felipe tweets, leaks, whatever you want to call it, that the club has no intention of, of keeping him. And right then, your trade value goes down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's people know what you're getting into here. And then, you know, he's got a no trade clause. Also, takes some value. And people know that Atlanta's hands were really tied. So, I think we said on the spaces, like, the worst case scenario was losing him for nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. And it's it's a, just a combination of things. And, you know, I saw on Twitter people, you know, blaming Lagerway for some reason and Boca. And it's, it, it is what it is. The contract situation that, that was put in was, was there. And right. it, it's the best for, for all parties. Joseph gets to move on. He's, he wanted a raise, right? And he's technically getting it because from my understanding, when you buy him out, I think he gets the rest of his remaining contract and then he's going to get paid whatever additional um, from other clubs. And this is normal in other sports. There's a lot of players in the NFL that get cut and they take a discount any, anywhere else just to, you know, get signed with them, but it's just, it's just extra money for them. So it's good for Joseph and it's good for the club because obviously Pineda, the Pineda Joseph situation in the locker room has to be very awkward for the other players that aren't involved in it. So getting that out, out is gone. Um, I mean, Joseph's last statement, I think, as an Atlanta United player was, go talk to Boca and, and Pineda in the corner about my future. So that's awkward with the front office. So we all knew this was coming. We were just kind of crossing our fingers that we'd get some type of value back. And mm-hmm. this just kills the the Eric Lopez buyout. <laughs> And I, I think it's the only, it's of, only the way I look at it is we can't buy out Eric Lopez. Anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now we got to so. figure out what to do with Eric. And, and it's, I don't know, it, but it, it face value though. It, it's, it's super easy as a fan, I think, to get frustrated with everything that happened with Joseph. 
on both sides, but you know, you had Felipe's article that came out and that was kind of like what, what broke the news and all. Uh, but I mean, Joseph essentially did it to himself. Uh, like you flip over a table of chicken and rice, it's going to get found out whether Felipe, you know, wrote an article about it or not, that's going to come out. Somebody's going to leak right. that. Um, so, you know, then, then it's clear that he's unhappy. Then you have the the comments. I, mean, I was there in the locker room when he said that, when he said, you know, go talk to, go talk to the coach and go talk to Boca. Like that, that was like, he was super, super um, just off put and away from everybody. And you could tell, you could tell he was unhappy. And that's just where he's at as a player in Atlanta United right now. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't feel as welcome at the club, I mean, the fans may still love him to death. I mean, I love oh, yeah. Joseph Martinez. Absolutely. He he absolutely built this club into what it is today. And he is the face of the club. And he will be probably for a while, and even after he's gone. But he's also um, kind of been put in a position now, partially of his own doing, to where he's now got to, you know, deal with the repercussions of, of his own actions of dealing with, you know, multiple coaches that he's had issues with. And um, this was the one where unfortunately with the injuries and everything else going on, you, you don't have the product on the field to then back up everything else that you're trying to, you know, negotiate in the locker room. So it sucks, but there, there was a time when we were going to be Josephless anyway, mm-hmm. and how it happened—it's painful. You definitely wish you could get something for MLS's most prolific striker, certainly. But you know, he's got to—he's got to go at some point anyway. If this is the way it goes down, which—and we haven't even mentioned it yet. Yeah, it is Miami. Um, it came out today, I think, from from Cesar Luis Merlo saying that it was the club is is Miami is asking for a year. Yeah, he is wanting two years. Yeah, so then you got to come into the question of is is he going to try to you know negotiate something? Maybe we can do a year with an option, or is he mm-hmm. just demanding two years straight up? There's a lot, you know, a lot still that's not finalized yet. I mean, and things could still fall through, and and then you end up with just having to do a buyout, and Joseph is without a club for a while. Yeah, and, and the big question is Tyler. Um, we talked about Joseph's relationships with the coaches. I mean, the big question is, if this deal to Miami does come to pass, like it looks like it might be coming to pass, what's this relationship going to be with uh, Phil Neville? I mean, that's a whole different coach that he'll have to adjust to, a whole different system that he'll have to adjust to, a whole different personality that he'll have to adjust to. So, yeah, I, I don't know Phil Neville personally. I mean, obviously he's been – he is – a footballing legend in the UK in the Premier League. Yeah, as a coach, he has his ways about him. He has his personality, obviously. And will that personality chafe with who Joseph Martinez is? So I think that's something that Miami will have to take into account. Um and you know you just talked about the whole contract situation. The club went to give Joseph just one year. Uh Joseph wants two and knowing Joseph, knowing his agent, probably they're probably pushing for two guaranteed years. Saying, "Look, we know that Joseph Martinez still has some good football in him, so he needs two years guaranteed. Nothing about this option or anything like that. He needs two years. Period. 
And Miami saying, no, we understand that he has had health issues, so let's try it out for one year, and then if things go well, let's try for another year on top of that, or maybe that one year in an option that a club actually they were talking about, Tyler. So those are some secondary things that need to be considered on Miami's side, and I know a lot of LA United fans are looking at it from a pessimistic, pessimistic standpoint to say, hey, you know, since Joseph Martinez plays at Lincoln United twice a year, he's going to score so many goals at Lincoln United. I, I don't necessarily see that because I think Joseph Martinez, while he may have issues with Gonzalo Pineda and the Atlanta United front office, he still understands, right, that Atlanta was a city and the fan base was a city that was just so good to him during his time here and really will continue to have a soft spot for the city. So I don't know if he'll really have an ax to grind against Atlanta United, the club more so than it is with the staff itself and the coaches themselves. So I know when Atlanta United play Miami, like I said, twice a year, that's going to be really awkward, you know, especially when, Joseph comes back here to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, yeah, I, I, it's a weird situation, and I hate that it ends like this. I really wanted Joseph to retire at five stripe. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I Me, mean, obviously, he had his injury that he was working back from, but you know, unfortunately, the bridge was burned, and he's now headed to Miami, it looks like. Or I, I should say Fort Lauderdale, not Miami. Yeah, Fort right. Lauderdale. <laughs> not, we're not in Miami yet. South Florida. He's got his boat in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> so when he scores his first goal, does he find the Boca box and stare him down, or does he look at the native? Yeah, I think, he, I think he goes and, and does the, the sh- yeah. thing in, in front of the, uh, the, the, yeah, the owner's box or whatever. I mean, but but you got to uh, think that's that's Joseph's personality, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, you're blessed if you have a a, a guy that is that, you know, he 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 wears his heart on his sleeve, and that's right. great. Um, it's certainly worked for him at Atlanta, but it's also a big personality that you have to deal with. And yeah, I mean, it 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 sucks to see the guy go, no matter what, for sure. Here's and Ariel, a question, Ariel, Ariel, well, yeah, I was just gonna I say, gonna yeah, say he, he had dropped in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, uh, Phil Neville quote was, I think I said last season, we're not gonna allow any kind of D heads in our dressing room. <laughs> Sounds like a so, Phil Neville quote. He hasn't gotten along with any coach, you know, yep. and it's, yeah. I mean, the moment we realized, I think for me. Remember during the whole Heinze situation, this was like it was either right before the game where he sat or it was right after that. The whole article came out with Felipe, right? And it yep. was just talking about the front office. And it was that entire article was like, oh, like this is this is going downhill quickly, even if Heinze is fired, right? And, and he ends up getting out within like 10 days of that entire situation. Um, we knew that it was going to be rough. He was already asking for a raise at that time. He was just coming off the injury. And then what happens after the end of the season, he needs another surgery. So, mm. you know, Twitter has been a complete disaster in, in the past 24 <laughs> hours. And 
I don't think you can blame anyone for how they Only feel like, as the player yeah. and the memories. Like, yeah, like this this guy is the best. This is this is Atlanta United, but in reality, if if you've watched him, you, you could tell that it that it was likely time to move on. And if you know the backstage drama as well, like that just adds into it. And you know, there's an argument that Joseph Martinez led the team in goals last season, absolutely, and he missed a ton of games. But when you watched his runs off off the play of the ball, it, it was just not good. There was just games where it just wasn't there. And we'll never find out. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here in Miami, but he did not start often. Cisneros was starting over him, mm-hmm. you know, consistently. And you don't, you don't bring on a DP to have them, you know, come off the bench. Right. You know, I mean, we did have Barco for, for most of the season where he was on, on the bench the whole time, but you, you just, you can't have that. And who knows what's going to happen here, but you, you look at guys, um, Zlatan, who's had knee issues, um, how many times has he had to get that cleaned up? And it, it's very likely that at some point this season, um, or maybe he, even this off season, he's had to get the, the knee cleaned up again. So, uh, you know what you have going in this year, you know, the risks and Atlanta United decided to move on for three to four different reasons. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's good for the club. Yeah, I see, uh, T. Riddle's comment on YouTube, and thanks, guys, for your comments. Please comment on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter, or hit us after effect on Twitter at Scars, the letter N, Spikes, if you're listening to the podcast or watching this later on. T. Riddle's saying, I don't know why a team, a new team like St. Louis doesn't just give him the contract he wants and use him for culture building. I don't know if Joseph Martinez would fit into the St. Louis culture. I, I certainly don't think that he'd get along well with Bradley, Bradley Carnell, who is... Yeah. Who has experience in MLS, but not that much experience as an MLS head coach. So I don't think that Bradley Cardinal strikes me as the person who knows how to handle Joseph Martinez. And so I don't think the front office strikes me as, you know, people who would know how to handle Joseph. So I don't know if that would be a fit. I think along with that, I don't know that while the ownership, um, is ambitious in St. Louis. They want to field a competitive team. And there's a lot of demand for St. Louis City SC tickets at this current point in time. I just don't see them fitting into that culture. Especially with, and not a knockout St. Louis, really the location in St. Louis. I mean, I mean, Joseph will play wherever he plays, right? But just from a cultural standpoint, St. Louis itself doesn't really strike me as a place that he'd want to go, so... Yeah, and and to kind of add on to that too, it, it's worth pointing out that as an ownership group or owner or coach, if if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, what do you guys think about Joseph Martinez?" Your first thought is, you know, MLS, you know, leading goal scorer in terms of games played, uh, absolute legend in Atlanta. Still need to build the statue. You you go straight there in your mindset, right? But then you start thinking about this past year, and then you start thinking about the Gabriel Heinze era. Then you start thinking about the Frank DeBoer era. And then if you really want to go back and look at how, you know, e- even Tata has come out and mentioned that he was a he was he's a very strong personality. There's nothing wrong with that. But a coach has to be able to handle that. And so, especially like in terms of St. Louis, like like Riddle saying, and then um, you know, Colonel had mentioned, you know, that would put him in the Western Conference, which would be great for Atlanta. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, whoever is is going to take on Joseph Martinez is going to have to be able to handle that personality. Yeah. That's just part of it. 
Um, it's a whole package that you're getting. And, you know, it, it's, it's tough in some cases to kind of deal with if you got a guy who is relatively in his prime, really, as a striker, barring the knee issues and all that. He's still in an age where he can make a huge difference for a team, but he has to want to be there and he has to want to be involved in the club and whatever direction they may be going. And so, yeah, I mean, even, even Cubas Garcia was saying on here, you know, do you guys think that Joseph wants to go to Miami or Miami is the only MLS team that wants to take a chance on him for the amount of money yeah. he wants and the personality. And that, that kind of speaks to the, the, you know, the point that I was just making, but I mean, I think we, we, we already know David, we already know David Beckham's ambitions for Inter Miami. Yeah. So, but you're a new dad. Maybe you don't want to move far away from yeah. where your roots are. Yeah. And I don't know where the True. the the baby mama Joseph is. Uh, but she could be, you know, have a ton of family that's close. So Miami's not mm. too far. So that might be one of the reasons why he wants to stay around here. And Joseph really likes boats. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> so Miami's like the place to be. You're saying Barco is going to uh, enter Miami, Tyler? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, you know, yeah, I, I, it's it's a tough situation. It sucks as an Atlanta United fan. But I, I, I still think from a fan perspective, you know, at some point you have to have a new start. And the only way in some cases to do that is to rip, you know, the tooth straight out. And just just get rid of it, and and it sucks because I, I think I speak for probably every Atlanta United fan or anybody that's even like a casual fan. Joseph Martinez got so many people into this game in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were already into soccer as a, as a fan before, he probably made you an Atlanta United fan, and it does hurt. It sucks, but you know we're still Atlanta United is still a fledgling club in the grand scheme of things. And he, he will just count, count us as fans as lucky to be able to have seen, you know, a guy like him come through, make such a difference, win trophies um, and, and move on because you have so many clubs in this world that have, have, you know, quote unquote stars come through that still don't win anything. And Atlanta was lucky enough to get quite a bit out of Joseph Martinez. And that's great. But now it's time to move on, and 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 it, it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah, and, and fans, I feel some fans need to um, decide: Hey, am I a Joseph Martinez fan or am I a Atlanta United fan? And you know, it's easy to get attached to the player. I definitely don't blame the fans for being attached to Joseph Martinez, but at the same time, even with a player like Joseph, who's meant so much to this club, a player can't be bigger than the club, and Atlanta United will still still be here. But Joseph Martinez is gone. It hurts, like you said, Tyler. But at the same time, you know, looks like the club is ready to move on. So best wishes is best wishes to Joseph and hopefully he does well. Hopefully not against Atlanta United, though. Yeah. You, you always remember your first. And I yeah. did not like soccer uh mm. at all growing up and Came to Atlanta one weekend for a Falcons game, saw everything, saw the flags, came in, watched Joseph play, bought his jersey, and I've been a fan ever since. So if it wasn't yeah. for Joseph, I don't know if I really would have, have gotten into soccer. So here I am. And, yeah, instant legend. And 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 I don't care what anybody says, build the statue. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll just throw that out there. Like, 
Let him retire. Let him retire, and then let's yeah. build a statue. We Absolutely, can't, we can't build a statue now. He's not going to show up. <laughs> yeah, to show up for the uh, for the ribbon cutting ceremony as yeah. of today. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally agree. So and 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 kind of to to pivot off of that, um, because we had again a ton of news to jump on. Uh, Daniel had mentioned, "What do we think about the rumor?" And I'm going to say this: it's a rumor because I don't know. I mean. I try to preface anything that's a rumor by saying that, but I don't want to be misquoted and be like, oh, hey, Tyler Pilgrim said this. Um, but you, you've been quoted for that. You I know. Quoted, right? <laughs> I totally didn't mean to, but here we yeah. are. So I've, that means I've made it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the rumor being that uh, Korean International playing for Olympiacos Huang Weijo. Um, that's how you say it? Yes. Okay. That sounds I'm right. Glad you said it. I didn't want to say it, so <laughs> that I, sounds I right. butchered I, it. So I good. practiced beforehand, so I'm going to say that's how you say it. Yeah, that sounds right. So, but yeah, um, actually, of Nottingham Forest specifically, on loan to Olympiacos in Greece, uh, rumor is that he is linked to both Atlanta and Minnesota. Um, just a quick little bit about him. He he's he's kind of on a slump. I guess you could say he did play in the World Cup, played played in four matches in the World Cup, mm-hmm. didn't score. Um, but but was part of a South Korean side that did look good, but again, didn't score. So you you're looking at a guy that has been on loan uh, immediately from Nottingham Forest and has yeah, he just kind of I don't know if you want to call it a case of the yips, maybe that's what it is. But if you look at his highlight reels, I mean, the, the guy can score. Absolutely. It's just a matter of, is he going to be put in the right formation, the right style to be successful? And he was played for a while um, in his career out of position as a winger where he he floundered and didn't do well. And then when he was placed back at a striker That's role. Familiar. Yeah, exactly. And he immediately started scoring goals. That's and familiar. It worked- Talking about Joseph Martinez, Joseph Martinez was playing in Italy for a while before he came here being played as a winger and he gets brought to Atlanta and suddenly he's, you know, here we are having this conversation. So what do you guys think? Yeah, just just as a quick aside, um, he played four seasons in France, League M with Bordeaux. Yep. So he's played against um, at least Arujo um, in League M. So the two I'm sure are familiar with each other just a little bit, but um, yeah, just take a look at his stats a career high in goals um, for a league season was 2018, the J1 league with Gambo Osaka, where he scored 16 goals in 27 matches. Um, his career high, you know, at all competitions is 21, 2015 with Seong Nam, I believe that's how it's pronounced in the Korean league, the K league, and then with Osaka again, 2018. 20 goals across all competitions. So, um, yeah, he um, five goals in, or zero goals in five matches with Olympiakos thus far in the Greek league. So, yeah, struggling to put the ball in the back of the net you know, with Bordeaux's final season. Um, they were relegated. They, yeah, they, they were playing in the second division. Yeah. He scored no goals and two appearances. And I think that's what precipitated his move to not to then Olympiacos on loan. So yeah, I mean, at Atlanta United, they, they need a striker. They need a striker. And that's no disrespect to Jackson Conway. I mean, 
Heck, Jackson Conway could come in and score 20 like Just goals. Jackson Conway. Only yeah. Jackson Conway. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, Jackson exactly. Conway might be the guy, but yeah. if Jackson no. Conway gets injured, then we're looking at yeah. me <laughs> or yeah. y'all. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but – no. all day. <laughs> right. No, but, yeah, obviously the depth is extremely thin at that spot for Atlanta United, and they're going to need some options there. And I don't know if Huang Yui Zhou is the option that will break through for Atlanta United. I mean, we've already mentioned his struggles. He'll date back to last year. Uh, didn't really do too much in the World Cup uh, for South Korea. So – Maybe a move to the United States is the best move for him. Maybe he does turn out like Joseph Martinez Tyler and lights the world on fire once he comes here. Um, will he do it? I don't know. Maybe it's a bridge too far to think that he will. But I mean, just right now, it doesn't look like he's in a situation where he brings value to whichever club he's at right now. And I'll be honest, I hadn't heard his name before. He popped into the rumor mill. And again, we want to stress it's a rumor. I mean, there are no substantial reports stating that he's going to one place or another. I think I read that Minnesota kind of lead the way on him right now. So I don't know. Is it as a backup option? Maybe. And maybe Atlanta United have a much larger move ahead of it. So I'll be interested, interesting to see what happens. Interesting to see how this plays out with. Kwang Yi Joe. I mean, it'd likely be a DP, right? I mean, you would think, but here, here's I'll throw a wrench in things. Um, or a high TAM player. I, I think I think you could maybe get him for a, yeah, a high TAM deal, like 800000 ish or so, because where he is at right now with the way that he's been moved around in UEFA, mm-hmm. he actually can't be transferred to another UEFA team. Mm-hmm. So... He has been – I think it's in the calendar year, if I'm not mistaken. But he can't go anywhere else right now unless he goes back to Nottingham Forest. So, ultimately, it's going to be up to Nottingham Forest where he goes anyway. But it's not like they can bring him back and then send him out somewhere else. If he's not working out for Olympiacos, he's going to be stuck there. And so, you you got to imagine if he's stuck there, he's not scoring goals, he's being played out of position, and he's not doing well, him and his agent are probably going to be saying, hey – what what are the, what are our options? And MLS is absolutely one of them, and it may force the hey, we're not going to bring you as a DP, we're going to bring you as a like a max TAM deal kind of player, and mm-hmm. and you know take a chance. And then it, you know you never know in the future, maybe you do bump him up as a DP, especially considering Atlanta is probably going to have a significant amount of DP spots open here fairly soon. <laughs> yeah, Bruno's saying, um, yeah, Joseph Kim is backup. Um, I think well, that, that's a little bit of a different situation, I feel. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, like I said, the name Huang Yi Joe, I hadn't heard in a while. I mean, heck, we did it here with Joseph Martinez before right. he came to Lady United. And, again, maybe he likes it up in MLS. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll – we'll. I'm sure the front office knows a lot more about him than we do collectively. But at the same time, you know, I don't know if this has too many legs. I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. We'll see how things play out with it. These a DP, don't do it. I, I just flat out. I, I think 
that you're you're opening a contract up and you need to find a new face of the franchise and you got to get a guy that has a history of scoring and I, I don't know I, I I think that the fan base has been burned for quite a few years and I think you need to make a if you're going to bring someone in and we've seen some other signings around MLS and these guys have a history of scoring recently I, I think that you got to spend the money and, and bring a guy in that has a history of scoring I. I I mean, we could say, oh, Joseph didn't, you know, Joseph wasn't scoring much on, on the other teams and he turned into something great. Mm-hmm. But how many guys have we brought in here that's we're like, oh, this guy's never scored a career goal before, but he's, right. you know, we're bringing him in as a, a U22 player. Right. Ruju wasn't a consistent starter and hadn't scored like crazy numbers. And we brought him as a DP. Like, can we bring in a DP that has experience Atlas. scoring? Yeah. Like, we just keep bringing in all these guys that ha- have high upside. And I'm sorry, a lot of them aren't getting to the high upside that we were hoping. So I- I'm I- I'm against this if it's if it's a DP. Or if it's a short-term, a very short-term contract and, you know, prove, prove a deal, maybe. Sure. Mm. But if, it, if it's as a, as a DP, I, I don't like this at all. So that brings up the question. Um from Bruno, do you guys think that that DP spot will be open until the summer window? Because I've got my opinion on it, but I definitely want to hear y'all. I mean, it's not out of the question that it will. I mean, judging from the way that Garth Lagoa usually does things, I know he said that you know, it kind of just so happened that a lot of his move happened in the summer and that it wasn't his modus operandi. But if I'm to guess at it, I would say that they do leave that slot open and try to attempt a really substantial move in the summer. The problem with that is though, is LA United will, you know, just be really treading water over the first few months of the season. And Jackson, only Tom, baby. <laughs> no, exactly. No, but um, I mean, Have that you will... watched Seattle before. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. And yeah, those are all good points, but at the same time, the fan base is just out of patience. I mean, yeah. considering with what's gone on over the past few years, they're not going to want to sit through half a season of Lady United doing absolutely nothing, even if the payoff is, you know, them really lighting it up and shooting up the standings like Seattle tend to do and eventually making MLS Cups. So I don't know if that's the best approach at this current point in time. You don't want to get yourself too far out of the playoff picture too early, especially kick with, him out. Yeah. Kick him out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I interrupted you, but kick him out. Bruno, for for everybody go, listening man. after the fact on the podcast, oh, Bruno said Bruno is totally the chat. Don't forget no. Breck Shea is still a free agent. That'll be a great striker option. <laughs> Breck Shea, bring him. Oh my word. Sorry, Bruno, you're relegated. You're relegated. Yeah. <laughs> catcher himself. Oh, no, man. But, yeah, but um no, I mean, in all seriousness, though, Atlanta, I don't know if Atlanta United want to wait that long. I feel like there's options right now that they could take. Um, the Sunda Bubakar has been raised, plays for Bastikas, and Olivier Drew, who's been looking for a move mm-hmm. to MLS. Um, do you go after guys like that, who, have all, like we were just talking about, are established goal scorers? And only that are attractive names known in world football. So I feel that 
while they may leave the DP slot open until the summer, it's probably not the best approach if they really want to push for a playoff spot and maybe more. What do you think, Tommy? I think there's a very good chance they leave it open Um, unless something, you know, falls in their lap. And that happens sometimes. Random deals Mm. just fall in. I think that Aruju deal ended up like coming in, like what they started talking like the day before uh, the end of the transfer window. And then all of a sudden it just materialized in the league shortly before that. Right. And he wanted to start and, and, you know, Boca knew had connections with that club and it ended up working out like it. If it's, you're going to have to find someone right now. Um, you know, I, I saw Kai Camaro is, is asking for his way out. Um, so there's going to be a lot of rumors that are, you know, a lot of movement in, in the next couple weeks for sure. But you just can't start out flat. I, I, I don't think that you can um, at this point. You got to be competitive. And we've moved a lot of players out, whether – and there's been some talented players that have been moved out as well. Like we could say, you know, Moreno and, you know, sorry, Tyler, I know that you, uh, that you uh, miss him. I'm sure his name's on the back of that Jersey at, at this sure moment. Is. Mine's Joseph. So we're, we're, uh, we're twins on, on yeah, former players here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you're, you, you just can't start off flat. You, you, you need to, right. to bring in some players and we've got a lot of spots and, I think the worry of everybody that's listening to this is okay. We've in the past week, we've just been just exiting everybody. However, we're barely seeing any rumors of anything. Like we've seen a couple of rumors about a center back. We've seen rumors of a striker, but there's other positions as well that, that need to be shored up here. And it's concerning, but again, you still got a month, but I think someone said like, Visas are taking still a lot longer right now in yeah. the post-COVID world. Um, it just they've, especially during COVID, they were a long time, and I still think that they're taking a while. So you're you want to you want to hopefully sign someone sooner than later to at least bring them into the the training camp. And I, I'm sure they're doing a trip, uh, you know, a team trip. So if they're going to do that, you want to at least start building some chemistry here. And we're running out of time for that. Yeah. yeah, and, and now brings up a good point. I mean, LA United knew Joseph was leaving. It's not like they found out yesterday. Mm-hmm. So he brings up a good point that Atlanta have to look at targets for a while. And just because we don't hear anything doesn't mean that nothing's happening. And as much as fans don't want to hear, trust the front office, especially with the discontent surrounding um, Carlos Bocanegra. I mean, let's see what the front office does. I mean, I'm sure they've been keeping their eye on some potential targets for Atlanta United. I mean, Garth Lagerway has a lot of connections. And, and let's remember, Lagerway, I don't feel like his operating style is to make, I don't know, splashy moves, like enormous splashy moves. That being said, um, this is Atlanta. This is a wholly different ownership group. And a lot of money is and Arthur Blake's checkbook. So, I mean, maybe that will empower him to make some massive moves that he otherwise didn't make in Seattle. But at the same time, I think he'll be wise and smart and add players that have significant value for Atlanta United well, versus, you know, maybe bringing a major name. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I, I was just going to add on to that point. I, You know, because we've talked about it on the spaces before as well, but you go back to one of the things that Lagerway said when he first got to Atlanta, and I can't remember if it was on 92 and on the game or if it was 
when he went to the the live Men and Blazers show. It was one or the other. But he mentioned, um, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm not looking for the star. I'm looking for the guy that's going to fit in, and that yeah. to me was a big deal because you you look at the way that this team has gone uh, traditionally after you know the South American talent, the Pity Martinez is the Ezekiel Barco's, you know, and, and and not that those are bad shouts. Like for all intents and purposes, they they should have worked and and did in some cases and. You know, they weren't the worst moves ever, if we're being realistic. Of course, we always want to joke around about things, but, you know, they weren't the worst things in the world. Now, that being said, you've got a guy now who's in charge who he's not looking for those kind of guys. He's looking for the guys that are going to come in and just do the job mm-hmm. and fit in with the team. And after last season, I think anybody can look at Atlanta United and say, yeah, I mean, I, I would be okay with a bunch of maybe not superstars, but just people that are going to go win games and make it to – the playoffs first of all and then do well in the playoffs second of all and and maybe even win the thing eventually and loggerways even come out and said that's you know his, his goal this year is a home playoff game to be yeah. fourth overall and i mean hey that's a lofty goal especially after last season i'm here for it if they can make it happen by all means do your thing yeah. man i don't care who you bring in as long as they're gonna fit in and do well yeah so um do we want to pivot off to um, Clement Diop now? Yeah, so speaking of goalie talk, becoming players. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cl- Clement Diop, I'm, I'm pronouncing that the way that it was It was told by Atlanta United, Clement Diop, he's French. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of one of those that came out of left field, right? Like, we've got Brad Gazan, you have uh, Quentin Westbrook, you've got Westbrook. with the two – Westberg, sorry, my bad. Quinn Westberg. <laughs> um, it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, you have Justin Garces and Vicente Reyes. With, mm. We'll end up with the twos, of course. You know, you're going to have to loan one of them back down. But now you bring in a third, quote unquote, MLS caliber goalkeeper, and it, it definitely does kind of change the whole goalkeeping routine up a little bit because it, it definitely seems like you're you're basically forcing Garces and Reyes back down to the twos no matter what. Yeah. It also kind of makes you wonder, is is Gazan ready, really ready to go? You go back to what was mentioned, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Joe Patrick with 30 South with us and 92 and on the game had put out back in November. He asked um, Carlos Bocanegra about the, the goalkeeping position and about – bringing in guys that are going to challenge Brad Gazan for that, that starting goalkeeper role. And he said that was one of the things that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the season, absolutely. I think you might see one or the other in terms of, you know, Quentin or uh, Diop, but you know, you, you got to imagine Gazan's absolutely going to be fighting his way back into what he's going to consider his role as a starter. Do Atlanta trade either Westberg or Diop and try to get a return? Maybe at some point I mean, in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if if Guzan's not ready and one of the other two start and they do well, and then Guzan's ready to fully start on a, on a weekly basis, then maybe you have some trade value there. Because uh, teams get injuries. We learned this last year, right? Like anything can happen and then you can move some players around, but I think that this is the year, the last year, 
that they're really going in and saying, all right, here's the veterans that we have. And you've got these two young kids waiting. And this was the, the argument that we had with Conway over the past couple of years when Joseph was hurt. Like, he should be playing. And he was up with us, and he was the second or third guy, just not getting minutes. And then as soon as we send him down again last year, what happened? He started scoring again, Conway. So I think this is more get them playing time, get them playing on a regular basis, and then have them ready for next season, have them fully recover from their in- I think they were both hurt, right? At, um, at some point throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, they were good now, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're healthy now, but you want to have them getting playing. You want to have them playing minutes on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. I think that's just what they have. And next year, you're going to see the youth take over this spot because, uh, I mean, Guzan's last year, their contract. And I think both these contracts are one year. So, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. basically just wiping out these three guys. And then you have your youth movement next year. Yeah. And, and that's, not a, fine. that's not a bad thing. I mean, because you also have to understand, like everybody, we, we always talk about the first team and the twos, right? Because you have Garces and Reyes not the twos, and and both of them, they're outstanding for their age, absolutely, and and they will be in some way, whether it's with Atlanta United or not, they will be involved in the senior team at some point soon, right? But you have quite a few in the academy coming up for Atlanta United as well. One of them is Nash Scoglin, who has has been phenomenal in the times that we've been able to watch him, and yes, he's young, but. If we're if we're talking all the way down through the academy, you have guys coming up, and that's it's a good problem to have essentially. And yeah, I mean, you're looking at Brad, who is essentially, um, uh, you know, he he won't tell you this, I'm sure, but he's on the last portion of his career, and he's, yeah. he's on the last year of his contract. So, whatever happens to him after Atlanta United, that's that's on him. But in terms of the team, you have those options, like you said, Tommy with, um, you know, Justin Garces and Vicente Reyes potentially moving up one or the other. And then then you've got, um, you know, another year to, to develop them and, and work something out. Having two young goalies ready to go is is never a bad thing. Yeah. You know, right. worst case, you're able to move one. You can make one your franchise guy, move the other one out, and, and make some money off of them. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's teams that have done that, you know, and – soccer and, and hockey you know you it's it's a good problem to have the the, the hard part is is just making that decision on, on who you're going to let go and, and who you're going to make your franchise guy but either way next year you're not going to have a huge budget going to, if, if you kept these two young young you know goalies I think that's fine because now all of a sudden your your cap hit is minimal on what you're paying on that position where Brad Guzan was one of the highest paid goalies while he was before the injury, right? Like mm-hmm. I think he, I think he took a a pay cut actually last yeah, year before the injury, it. which was great. Um, but I think it extended his contract a year, which is I think why he's here now. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I thought that that's what happened is he took a cut, but they extended it a year. So you have him, which is great. I mean, it is what it is that you, that Brad's back for one more year, and you know, hopefully he has a great year. But next year you're going to be able to take some of that money that you've quite frankly, have overspent on that position for many years and be able to, to move it around into other positions like the midfield. Yeah, in a perfect world, you know, Sean Jocelyn would be here. Right. I mean, Come back Sean home, Jocelyn's, buddy. Yeah, exactly. He's still withheld a job right now. I know, really, for this Toronto, they were very interested in him. But, I mean, I wish that, I mean, 
granted, Brad's still here, and if you were reading Sean Johnson, then it'd be as a starter, not a backup. But yeah, I think I think now that ship has sailed because even yeah. what Atlanta United put out today was like, oh, our goalkeeping core for the first team is essentially complete now. So wouldn't yep. expect any more changes there at all. Yep, and um, going to Zilf's point, talking about Reyes. You know, maybe one of the keepers in Atlanta United system ends up maybe being the next Gaga Slanina. I mean, you look at Slanina, yeah. I think Chelsea, he's he's in Europe right now. Yeah. He had a phenomenal career with Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't incredible. I mean, he had some down games, certainly, but he shot up the academy ranks, started out as a first-team keeper, and eventually earned a move overseas, which was easy because he already had a European passport, but I mean maybe Reyes, maybe Garces is that next you know, player that does command the move overseas and Elian that are able to make a return and, for Yeah, him. and to kind of to kind of add on to that and what you're talking about Zill's point, um Reyes is he's been getting called up, but he's getting called up to the Chilean U twenty squad this month mm-hmm. for the Common Ball Championship. And you're looking at him potentially playing in the Olympics and the U20 World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, the dude – and that's not to mention what he's done for the twos. He's been phenomenal. Um, so, I mean, from a business perspective, yeah. I mean, you develop him, and, and if, if you do want to let him go, I mean, you're, you're going to get something out of him for sure. And and I would love to see another Gaga Slanina type move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time – now is when Atlanta has to start looking at the future in terms of goalkeepers. Because going back to Tommy's okay. point, you've got essentially, you know, you got Bragazan on his last year. And then you've got two guys who are MLS goalkeepers, essentially, but they're on a year of contract. And they're there, I think, because in part, the the front office and, and, and the folks in the club probably have a little bit of PTSD from the amount of injuries that happened last year. And they don't want to have to go through the position that they got put in last season with all the injuries and, and the issues. So you you do have at least a couple of guys that are proven. Now, granted, I don't know a ton about Claymont Dio, but if just based on what I've read and what I do know about him, I think I would put in Quentin Westberg as the second option over over him. But that's what competing for that position is all about. So yeah, I can see Westberg maybe – that's a U.S. Open Cup keeper. So yeah. Maybe you're a League's Cup keeper because remember that's coming on board in 2023. So I could see that happening. And then if Atlanta were to progress further in those competitions, you know, Brad would be back as the number one keeper. So that's kind of the scenario I see setting up. Granted, Westbrook's 36, Diop is 29. So that's there's that age situation. But yeah, yeah I, w- I would probably. Say that Westbrook has the edge right now. I mean, before pieces really even started as the number one backup behind Greg Uzan, uh, with the opportunity to maybe start in a few spots, like I was saying, in Open Cup and League's Cup later this year. Which goalie retires this season, mid-season? Which one of them? Uh, <laughs> which one? Which one gets Shuttleworth? <laughs> yeah. 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 Are we going to get a Shuttleworth uh, situation right. this year? Hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. You know, the thing is, it, it is interesting because Westberg's coming here, and and for so long he was Atlanta's kryptonite. 
and um, this looks like a, a villain like a villain and yeah. like you made a new diehard movie like he would be the villain <laughs> in, in it he, he has a look he has a look to him doesn't he he really does he's got that, uh, that james bond villain kind of look to him yeah if he's playing against you like you just hate his face like we are given as a guest i'm gonna tell him i love his face but if but right now like when when he played against us oh i just hated him so yep. much and what is he even the saves it was just just the, the look that he would give the players it was like get out of here <laughs> that guy yeah <laughs> that's a conversation for another time right hey, maybe we can get him on and we can talk about his face and we can see <laughs> and the hair <laughs> like the spiky hair like just stands up oh, it just it's but he got dunked on go by Parada and Almada. Mm, that's so, true. That's true. Um, all right. So because we kind of we kind of went into the goalkeeper conversation and we dipped into the youth players a little bit. Uh, one of the other big things that came out, and this is it, it is important because you know I, I know a lot of a lot of folks want to focus on the first team, and that's great because that's you know, the main news most of the time. But it is important to to keep an eye on the Academy and the twos, because it is where your talent and where your business is coming from at the end of the day. If you can develop a good, a good Academy system, um, that that's a big deal. And I mean, you look at the, the clubs like the Philadelphia union and look at how successful they've been just with their Academy. Seattle's the same way. Um, Dallas. So Dallas is, yeah, definitely another big one. Um, and you look at some of the moves that they've made and the money they've made just from their Academy. So the the big news, I guess, recently in terms of the academy was you had five Atlanta players that got called up to youth national teams. We just mentioned one of them. But overall, it was uh, Noah Cobb, who we haven't talked about him because we do have some center backs to talk about, and that will he will be one of them. Um, but Noah Cobb is, is going to be, unless some club snatches him up somehow, He's going to be one of the uh, prime center backs for Atlanta United in the future. Absolutely, I, that, that's how that's my opinion. But that's just how I feel about watch. I've seen him play so many times. Um, he played in the MLS Next All Star Game and was the captain. He was he was great. And he, I mean, if you look at this kid, you should be excited about Atlanta's center back future. Um, him and Aiden Torres have both joined the U.S. Youth National Team training camps. I think down in Florida. Then you have Malachi Grant, who also played in that next pro all-star game uh, with Noah Cobb, looked outstanding. Him, along with Ashton Gordon, they're going to be representing the Jamaican U-17s. And then Efrain Morales will represent Bolivia um, for the U-20s. And again, we talked about Reyes as well, but that's his his historical um, movements have been where he's a, he's a goalkeeper and they, and I think Zilf said it earlier in the, in the chat, they love him down there, but yeah. those are the five right now that, that have been called up as it stands right now. So um, you've, you've got a lot of talent that's coming up. I mean, Aiden Torres is 15 years old yeah. and you know, he he's, he's going to the, um, the under 16 youth national team. Um, he's there right now. He's yeah. coming back uh, end of the week. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just lots to be excited about. You, you've got a bunch of kids that have a lot of talent. And Noah Cobb is, I think, definitely the closest. Him him, and Efrain Morales, mm-hmm. probably the two closest to breaking through. Obviously, Noah Cobb just received his – his officially um, received his homegrown contract. It went into effect on January 1st of this year. So he's he's 
made it essentially. Yeah. But you have you have a lot of kids to be excited about in the future. Yeah, that speaks volumes to the academy staff and you know they work the work they've done to really not just attract talent, but nurture talent and develop talent. I mean, we talk about a kid like Caleb Wiley comes to, who's come through the academy, Tyler Wolf who's come through the academy, yep. um, Jackson Conway. We're still waiting to kind of see him break through at the first team level, but. It was phenomenal. Starter Jackson Conway. Yeah. Right. Starter Jackson Conway. No, but uh, yeah, he was phenomenal at the USL championship level. Yeah. Um, so hopefully in 2023, they'll finally translate at the first team level. And, you know, I tend to get out of Lady United because a lot of these names haven't worked out. A lot of the players that have been hyped and have been put forth as players who can breaks through and have strong professional careers haven't panned out. I mean, Andrew Carlton is a way atop that list, but his little brother's playing with the two. Yeah. Allen, Allen is yep. with LA United too. So yeah, but there's, there's so much young talent in this Academy. And that's one thing that they've really done well is been able to nurture that talent and develop that talent. That being said, we haven't seen a ton, a ton of players really, outside of the names I just mentioned, really make it. I mean, Bella's a big one, obviously the biggest one right now, probably. Um, but at the same time, you get to a situation where, when you talk about it with the young keepers, um, Garces and Reyes, there's no pathway for them to really get to the first team. You know, Reyes and Garces are essentially frozen out. Um, Conway hasn't had an opportunity at the first team level consistently. Um, and then there are other names that, he, yeah. And, <laughs> he uh, well, did a little bit. Right. Yeah. He, he did a little bit. watch him for quite some time. Yeah. He did a little bit. But I mean, he does good in anything that's not an MLS game. If yeah. it's not an MLS game, <laughs> right. He could do some decent things. Right. Right. But um, yeah. I mean, hopefully. Like I was saying, hopefully 2023 is the year Jackson Conway breaks through. And no, who knows? He could be the next great striker in MLS history. I mean, but we'll have to see what happens. But at the same time, you know, he does, he does fit in in terms of the mold. Yeah. It seems like Pineda wants me. He's a big bodied, you know, he, he he's a big body striker that likes to get in the box and, and yeah. make things happen. And he's not bad at his feet either. Um, you gotta, you gotta just have to hope that this last season he spent with the twos, where he he broke their scoring record, has given him a new level of confidence, and maybe he does mm. come up and and have a breakout year. You never know when that's going to happen, and this that could be it for him. You, I yeah. mean, it's definitely possible. So, Brito in the chat mentioned McFadden. McFadden actually came from Notre Dame, so he did not come through the academy. So, just a side on that. But uh, Johnny Valau, who's received a lot yeah, of hype that Brazil brought up. Um, heard a lot of great things about them. So I, I really want to see more of these younger players, not just get to the MLS level, but excel at the MLS level. And maybe 2023 will be the start of that, to see that more consistently. I agree. I also, I just have to point this out too, going back really quick. I saw that earlier. Uh, I, about, I tried not to start laughing in the middle of it. it yeah, Westberg, Westberg looks like a walking mugshot. 
Thank you. That's what I've been trying to Quint, say. Quentin Westberg, if nice you if you by chance listen to this podcast, please, uh, we love you and we're so glad yeah. you're here. I, we, it's all he's got, like fun. static X hair. Yeah, static X hair. Like, just, like that was the up. show back in the day. They didn't have a remake of that. And cast. I can't him, believe. Yeah. I still can't believe we brought up Andrew Carlton. I mean, I know we're like five days away or five days too late of happy anniversary, Andrew Carlton. If you get that joke, but. Um, oh happy anniversary, Andrew. Uh, all right. <laughs> too, too anyway, Alan Carlton. <laughs> We're not going to go into into yeah. Andrew's <laughs> belief system. I just make myself laugh. Sorry. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean, I, I agree, Sydney, with everything you're saying. I, and and not to not to like pivot again, but we told you guys beforehand we have a lot of news dump that we're trying to get through. Um, man, Alex Dijon. Alex Dijon. <laughs> Alex Dijon. Not, no not, not on the run, though. Maybe next missed, week. We, lighted a, we, we lit a candle for, for we, Alex. So. Good, good for him. Chat, Sorry. Chat with uh, Alex for all of your NFT investment advice. <laughs> Let's see. We're going to resign him if we can't get another center back. He's coming yeah. back. You know. Well, it. speaking, this is I get. Hey, perfect time. Speaking of potential, let's talk about Miles Robinson first, because we're talking about you know rumors and all that. But Miles Robinson is still an Atlanta United player. Um, and he has a year on his contract. It was mentioned that he was. They're they're trying to sign him to another four year deal. Mm-hmm which I think would be great. Um, you don't want to let great go for of who? I mean, I think it'd be great. Well, for Atlanta, I mean, maybe not, maybe not so much for, for miles for a four year deal, but I think if you can, if you can come to terms with a two year deal, just to get him for another couple of years and, and see if what happens overseas, you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think you don't want to just let him go. You've got to figure out a way to keep right. miles because he's, he's a constant that, you know, is going to work. Now, I understand there's the wild card with him coming back from injury and all, but if you've seen the guy running, if you've seen him back training again, I mean, he looks good. Now, that's a it's a small sample size for sure, but it's very encouraging to see the way that he's been running over the past few weeks and, and kind of just putting out video. I think he's in like Piedmont Park or something, like running around up, up hills and stuff. It's good to see. Um, but he was asked what – his his future look like and he kind of was like we'll see what happens you know um which is i mean from a player perspective it's not a bad stance to take because if you come out and you do immediately jump right back in where you left off last season you already you know you you were in the men's national team as a starter you were going to be in the the world cup it's unfortunate it didn't happen but you've been one of the main constants for atlanta since 2019 really when he broke through and if he can jump right back into that level of performance i don't i don't think it's going to be long before atlanta starts seeing plenty of offers come back in for him yeah i think that's you don't a big want to thing his sorry tommy i think that's the big thing is his recovery and his health and that even though it looks like he looks good and training videos and all that i mean we truly won't get a sense of how he's really doing until he gets the into game action, whether that be preseason or regular season. So, you know, Miles has come a long way. I mean, it, it just hurts so much to have him 
I mean, I'll never get that image of out of my mind of him just laying on the Mercedes Benz turf, punching the ground, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and yeah. it's so disappointing because heartbreaker. Yeah, I mean, but I think he is in a situation where he still has a lot of his career in front of him. He still is in the prime of his career. And so I would argue, I mean, he's just reaching the peak of his career. So I think in the back of Atlanta United's minds is the question, is Miles Robinson pre-Achilles going to be as good as Miles Robinson post-Achilles? So I think that's the situation that's in the back of the front office's mind. They didn't want to sign a player to a long-term deal that won't come good or won't come as good as he was before his injury because for what I read, those injuries are really tough to come back from for a soccer player. So I think that's in the back of the lady United's minds. But at the same time, you run the risk of letting him walk on a free transfer, which would be a disaster, yeah. especially concerning the quality of player that Miles Robinson has been, not just at a club level but for from an international level as well so i certainly hope that lenny united can resign him to a deal and not just to a deal a deal that makes sense for both parties and you know maybe he finishes his career in atlanta maybe he doesn't maybe he does go to europe which seems like the most likely scenario but the same time when you look at a player like walter zimmerman who you know another national team quality center back who just signed a DP deal with Nashville. Granted, he's not coming off of a catastrophic injury, but at the same time, that's probably he and Miles and maybe a couple of other players are that upper tier center back in MLS. So hopefully the front office makes the right decision based on what to do with Miles Robinson to get the not just the best quality of player that they can expect, but the best return from him should he you know, make that move to Europe as it's expected. I mean, this injury has caused so many issues in so many fronts. Like, he was just about to become the captain. I mean, he did become the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. Got basically an open cup game as the, as the captain and then immediately gets hurt after that. And that was just a growing thing and another thing for his resume that he was going to be the Atlanta United captain for basically the entire season. He loses the World Cup, and for Atlanta United, you missed an opportunity to transfer him out this this window. You know, it's if maybe people did come in with offers, but they would have been very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he doesn't want to sign a contract, which you hate with any team in any sport to, to lose an asset for nothing. And that's just you know, something that you got to worry about. And even if it's in the summer, like people still, you know, they're not going to try to bring them on for something that they could get them for free later, later in the year. So it's, it's, it just messed up so many things and it's just sad. Um, ultimately the world cup thing was, was probably the, the worst. It was the worst part of all of it, but um, if he had put in the world it's cup, good to see him back. Sorry, if he had played in the World Cup, he would have been guaranteed God probably in the winter transfer window, probably. Yeah. I don't think you can make Miles a DP, though. Um, no. I, I think that's just bad business, and that might be what he's looking for. He, he might be seeing his buddy over there in Nashville and saying, that's what I want, and yep. Atlanta's 
not a net line of business. I mean, even though we had uh, Alan Franco as a, a DP for, you know, a hot minute, um, that's just not what they want to do. So it's our center back situation could look very different next season. And it, and it depends too, because yeah, I do want to pivot to the, to the next little bit as well, talking about center backs. Um, but yeah, like kind of speaking to that point and then what Bruno was saying, Bruno had said, if he comes back to the way he was, we need to sell him in the summer transfer window, or he could be a free agent and go anywhere he wants. And this is, you know, the definition of a club and a player having potentially different interests. I mean, Miles is talented enough really to go to a number of clubs worldwide. Um, the problem is, I think Atlanta would feel a little bit hard done if they didn't keep him knowing good and well what he's capable of because they lost essentially a, almost a full year of of prime Miles Robinson talent. And considering how bad the team was defensively last season, you got to think and, and how close it was to them making the playoffs if Miles Robinson had been there. You know, we're probably having a different conversation right now about the playoffs. I'm not saying they would have went and won the cup, but I, I think a couple of extra points here and there from those late minute, you know, stupid giveaways and losses or draws would have probably gotten them into um, into the playoffs. And so it, it's unfortunate because, you know, you know that Miles is, is a, as big of a talent as he is. He can go where he wants to. And he is in a bit of a position now where he can say, look, you know, there, there is precedent set in terms of Walker Zimmerman, like you were saying, Tommy, up at Nashville, where he got signed on as a DP. I think the only alternative is to hire him at the not hire him, but keep him on at the the max deal that you can without him being a DP. And if he doesn't want to take that, then then yeah, you you need to get something for him in the summer yeah. transfer window. Exactly. Bruno had another comment, Ed. We're actually going to pivot to uh, Alex Collins, um, but they're talking about NYCFC essentially let Collins walk for nothing, and now they get no return. And now we're very familiar with the quality that Alex Collins has in MLS, and he's still available. He's still a free agent. Um, and you know, as we kind of pivot toward that right now, um, Atlanta United, <laughs> Atlanta United are looking. He wants money. To, yeah, exactly. And it looks like it's down to Atlanta and Boca at this current point in time. So Boca, Boca being Boca Juniors. Boca Juniors. Not, not Boca Negra. Right. <laughs> Boca versus Boca. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, we know Boca Juniors have ambitions, massive ambitions on a continental scale and a regional scale. We know that they'll, they have a lot of money in their coffers. Maybe not as much as the Lady United, but you know they have a lot of money in their coffers, and you know essentially, I don't want to say this will be, be a bidding war between the two clubs, but at the same time, it might be. It might be down to who can provide, yeah, the best opportunity from him, not just financially, but from a cultural standpoint. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Alice Collins here. I'd love to see a midfield pairing with him and Miles Robinson. Like I said. You know, we're very familiar with the quality of player that he has is and has been in MLS. He he is. I mean, here's the thing about Alex Collins. You you've got a guy who, similar to Miles Robinson, is capable of 
being that cleanup crew at the last minute, right? He, he, he can handle his own. He can do um, things that he, you look at maybe some other good center backs in, in MLS and they look better when they're in uh, the right, you know, formation. Alan Franco was one of them. Alan Franco had uh, plenty of good moments with Atlanta United, but he had just as many bad ones, unfortunately. And, and that's just, you know, if you watch the team over the, the seasons that he was here, that's just how it was. You know, I think if Alan Franco could play the way that he did at the end of 2022 and the end of 2021, I mean, he would be like, we, we, you would never want to get rid of him. But the times when he broke down, it was bad. And, um, you, but you're looking at another guy in, in Alexander Kyens who potentially could come to Atlanta. And if he does, that's two very strong center backs, along with Parada, who we haven't even talked about yet. Um, depending on how Pineda wants to play in 2023, whether he wants to, you know, switch it up occasionally and have a back three so he can have all three of them on the field again, if this comes to fruition, or if he kind of sticks, I think with his preferred back four, where he would have two center backs, you know, and then two fullbacks, you have your left, left back and right back. Um, because I don't, I don't think anybody, and especially the team wants to like force an Andrew Gutman to play as like a third center back again. Not that he can't do it, but Andrew Gutman being a left back that does whatever he freaking wants to was like one of the highlights of 2022 Atlanta United. So you, you definitely want to bring a guy like Kyans who can make a big difference on his own and who can clean up mistakes on his own. And regardless of who they do bring in, um, during this season and in the summer, you do still have a relatively young squad, especially up front. And having a, a guy like Miles Robinson, who we know can be an emergency, you know, lifesaver, and then another one in Kyans who can do the same thing. I think that that would be huge for the defense. For plus it could, yeah, plus it could help Cobble log as he really gets his legs underneath him in, in, yeah. in MLS. Absolutely. I don't think he comes here, to be honest. I think that Boca can pay, can pay more. Um, you think they don't so? have a salary cap that they have to worry well, about. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what their financials are, uh, but I think that they don't have, you know, crazy MLS rules that they have to abide by. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to stay in the U.S., great, we have it. Uh, I mean, Bruno says, you know, we've got Mercedes-Benz, Chick-fil-A, and Magic City. I mean that's that's a hell of a an endorsement there, but I don't know if that uh, if that gets them to stay here or not. But it, I, I don't know. I, it's just but you do MLS, get to play against River Plate down there. What's up? <laughs> I said you do get to play against River Plate. It's true. Down in down if you play for Boca, and that's a big deal. And they're supposed to be good this year, right? I mean, yeah, they're consistent. they're always good. They're always good, good consistently. I don't know, and you know, Atlanta United. If you're looking at it, the past couple of years, they're a project. I mean, yeah, but, I don't. Yeah, but along with that, though, I mean, he's already familiar with MLS. I mean, he already has roots down um, here in the United States. I forget how long he was with NYCFC, but maybe you know, already his familiarity with MLS could play a factor into that. But at the same time, you know, you look at the first of Argentina and just, you know, what they have to offer, like, you know, Bruno was just saying versus what, you know, kind of the intricacies of MLS roster building and all of that. So 
don't know. I wouldn't be so quick probably to say that maybe he'll go to Boca, Boca Juniors, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Again, I feel like Hoover can provide him not just the best financial situation, but the best cultural situation uh, we'll pull through. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think one of the bigger draws maybe for South America would also be the fact that he is Peruvian and it, he would be closer yeah. to home. But, yeah. uh, I mean, like you said, Sydney, he, he is very familiar with this league and this country. And, you know, there, there is something to be said. Now, if he just wants a new challenge, there's probably nothing better than going to Boca Juniors. Like, that that's a big deal. And, yeah, he's already won MS Cup, so. Yeah. So, but it, it just depends on, yeah, can it, can Atlanta draw him in with things that maybe Boca doesn't have? And mm-hmm. um, maybe money would be one of those things. But, I mean, Mercedes-Benz is a big deal for sure. Um, not not that where Boca plays is, is, you know, something to laugh at either. But mm-hmm. I really think it's going to be, for him, just a straight personal decision. And there's no way to, to guess what that's going to be. Would love to see him here, though. I would love to see Alexander Kyans here. But if not, then you're looking at Miles, Parada, and, I mean, I guess Noah Cobb, which is, again, not a bad thing, but do you you want to throw Noah Cobb into the first team like that? You know? I think you need to get Miles someone a little bit more responsible to start the season, at least while he's still getting his game back. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, Parada's very good at scoring goals, but... Yeah. Defensively, he's you know okay. Not yeah. not the best, but he's okay. So one one guy that we haven't talked about, um, just to kind of hit on him real quick, because we, we have other stuff that we can hit on. And we're we're we've been doing this for a minute now. And we, we told you guys it was gonna be an hour, hour and a half. But uh not that this slipped under the radar, but Omar Sadich getting his extra year with two option potential option years. Um, I don't, for me, me personally, I don't think this is the last midfield signing quote unquote that you're going to see. I don't think anybody was ever saying like Amar Sadich is going to be the straight starter at that position. Um, and that's no knock on Amar Sadich because I thought he had a phenomenal, you know, 2022, especially compared to when he first got here in 2021. But I think there's other maybe quote unquote fat that you can cut from the midfield and bring in another veteran. You have Ozzy coming back, which is great. At least mm-hmm. it seems like he's coming back. Um, then you have Sadich who, who could definitely learn a lot from actually playing with Ozzy because that didn't really happen last year. Right. And then, and then, yeah, maybe you make one more signing because in terms of attacking midfielders ahead of them, I mean, you've got Almada Moreno's gone down to Cortiba in Brazil. So, you're suddenly looking a little empty in the midfield. Yeah, it's a, it's not a game-changing signing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's good to have him back. Mm-hmm. He's a serviceable midfielder. I wouldn't put him in the top 10 in MLS by any stretch of the imagination, but he was good. He was pretty good for Atlanta United. I mean, not great, but pretty good. And Mark, HLUTD711, um, mm-hmm. saying, Oh, good for death. I don't see a best solution to midfield issues. And yeah, I don't either. I mean, but at the same time, it's a good serviceable, serviceable signing. Um, it's a player that has, you know, MLS experience, obviously with the Lady United over the past 
couple of years, and then before that with Montreal. But yeah, I'm glad that they brought him back. And I both see Tyler. I want to see you know who else they bring in besides him and Nazi and Josetu, who we haven't mentioned. Yep. That's going to be another. Would you put him in your top ten as one of your bench guys? One of the top ten MLS bench midfielders? Um, probably. Yeah, I would. Especially probably. I would. Um, I mean, he he was. We didn't think he was going to play as much as as he did, and you know, he was starting over quite a few other players that make a lot more money than he does. So he he had some good games, and you know, your the schedule is overloaded. Um, again, as you look at the Open Cup and and you look at leagues and you, you look at you know some Wednesday games that are going to be coming in, so he, he's going to definitely be useful um, for sure, and he deserves a raise for sure. So I, I'm sure he got a raise, and that's what the delay was. And what a funny situation that Atlanta United does. They post a video on Sunday morning of them all fist bumping, walking <laughs> into the into the training ground, and then they realize that oh, we haven't announced that he was he re-signed with us yet so they delete the video <laughs> repost the video and take him out of it uh, funny stuff watching those clues that's yeah. paying attention yeah. tommy well that's how we found out that uh oh man who do we just uh not uh we just cut striker uh oh see snarrows no uh just left a couple days ago oh my gosh I'm oh dom dwyer yeah, Don Dwyer. Like that was like something that like Joseph posted it, and like yeah. someone else like saw a picture of like a selfie of them like walking down, and everybody saw him. And they're like, "Wait, is that him? Yeah. No, that can't be him." Remember, like there was outrage there. Yeah, like you don't sign an Orlando player. And where did and he come from? Not... <laughs> right. Yep. So, as it stands, because I do want to go over the roster currently the most recent one that we were that we were sent um you got 31 players on it as, as it stands for Atlanta United you got plenty of offseason left to go there's absolutely going to be more changes um but it, it'll be kind of curious to see what Loggerway in the front office does in terms of actual signings coming in now because we we've talked about a lot of the the earlier season stuff on the spaces before, obviously we got going with this, but you had a lot of guys that were cut. You had a lot, you had Etienne, Derek Etienne Jr. Coming in. Um, that was one of the first big. Great signing, signing. Yeah, absolutely. Great signing. Um, who you should follow on Twitter, by the way. Really um, that idiot, that idiot fan, <laughs> that idiot fan. I, I, there's no way that he knew that he used to play for the crew. That guy was a crew fan. Yeah. And then retweets it and said, and then I tweeted him back. Like, you know that he played for the team you root for. He's like, oh yeah, I do. No, you know what? He was full of it. He did not know that he played for. for that the should crew. be, that should have been the tweet of the week because Etienne, Etienne responded to him and said, you know who I am. You follow me. <laughs> So yeah, uh, um, I, I love a good social media player on, on a team. Yeah, they're fun. As long as he doesn't get too crazy, uh he'll be fun to watch. Yep, I'm here for it. He's gonna be he's gonna be fun. And he's gonna be a great, you know, addition over on that left hand side, just if we're talking about the mm-hmm. team itself. I mean, you you've got Abel Mosquera over there who I think could learn a lot from Derek Etienne. Yeah. And this is a potential for your your U twenty two signing in Mosquera to who you have for four years on a contract 
to learn from a guy that really knows what he's doing. And then it's great for Etienne because he can come in and get playing time, plenty of it. And I mean, he is a goal scorer and it would be nice to have a consistent winger that's scoring goals again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, T. Riddle said, uh, I don't think Etienne Jr. will fit in with our system. Who does he think he is trying to score a goal? <laughs> so hopefully 2023. The audacity of him. Yeah. God, what is that guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. As it stands right now, the Atlanta United roster as of January 11th, 2023, today, or yesterday for those of y'all listening after the fact, you have four goalkeepers in Clément Diop, the new guy, Justin Garces, Brad Gazan, and Quentin Westberg. Justin Garces will probably get loaned out to the twos, so that cuts you back to 30 total. Your defenders are Noah Cobb, Andrew Gutman, Ronald Hernandez, Brooks Lennon, Aiden McFadden, Efrain Morales, Juanjo Parada, Miles Robinson, and Caleb Wiley. Um, it's, it's crazy because there's so many names in there that we haven't even talked about yet. But Midfielders. We got some time. We, we, got we do have time. some time. We do have some time. Uh, midfielders, you have World Cup champion Tiago Almada. Yes. Um, Thank you, have, you for starting with him. Absolutely. Oh. Yes. You have Ozzy Alonso. You have, you have Ezekiel Barco, who is on loan to River Plate through this season. You have Derek Etienne Jr. You have a Johnny Fortune, who I think is, by the way, one we haven't talked about, but he he has a future for sure as he as he gets a little bit older. Um, you have Franco Ibarra, Marcelino Moreno, rest in peace, tear a little bit. Um, he is on loan to Coritiba down in Brazil through the 2023 season. <laughs> Mateus Rossetu, Amar Sadich, who we just talked about, Santiago Sosa. Uh, <laughs> and Tyler Wolf who just got brought back from overseas to fill the gaping hole that is our midfield or part of the gaping hole that is the midfield right now. So, Tommy, I see you want to talk about a specific one of those guys in a minute. In terms of – let's, let's talk about him for 30 minutes. Yeah. In terms uh, of – Rosetto, how we've cleaned so – I understand that Lagerway was not here when that decision had to be made. Yeah. But Lord almighty, we have cut so much fat from this team so much. And somehow by the grace of God, this man is still on this roster with that salary <laughs> cap. Hit. Because he scored against I, Birmingham. Oh, oh, in 2020. It, it is wild. Um, I, I just don't get it. Like I, the only reason why I thought is maybe there was some type of, they thought there was a value that they could move him on somewhere. Mm. Uh, I know Sam Jones asked him the question, uh, asked Boca about bringing him on and like why he kept him on. And Boca just seemed shocked that Sam asked him that. Like, oh. I mean, apparently, apparently, Pineda in the front office write him. I mean, that's that's everybody does. I don't get it. Played as a, I mean, he was a captain for a few games last season. Uh, everybody that, was a captain last that, season. That's one thing that I didn't like about last year. Uh, Pineda's reasoning around captaincy, but sorry, go ahead, Tommy. <laughs> Rosetto, uh, oh man, he's I, I just don't get it. I, I, I don't get it when, when you're trying to, like, I guess the Boca issue that I've had, 
prior to Lagerweek getting there is he's always just had a trouble moving on from players that maybe he just made a bad decision with. And keeping him was probably not the best option uh, here because you're a team that he admitted at the end of last season is we don't have a lot of cap space. Like he admitted to that at, at the end of the year um, press conference. And you had an option here to easily get out of one of the worst contracts that you've had. And you talk to people or you listen to interviews, uh, people and everybody seems to value him. And I, I just don't get it um, at all with him. And I, in a salary cap league where you, it's very tight. I just don't understand how he, he made the cut. When you have any other, cl- I'd say 70% of this league where they're very careful with the money that they spend, Atlanta United is a team that doesn't have to be careful with the money that they spend. Arthur Blank will will pay people's contracts. Look at the Atlanta Falcons over the past few years. They're still paying Matt Ryan. They're still paying Julio Jones. Like, they're paying coaches, general managers. Like, Rosetto's contract would have been pennies compared to what they were paying these guys. So, I just don't understand how, why that was a thing. Um, Everything else in this offseason, I'm giving two thumbs up for. But that one, the only only difference between all the other decisions was... uh, was Uncle Garth was not here to help with with that decision, and where it's the last thing that we've got to suffer on, on its own. And Ariel saying a flat ball is more useful than Rosetto. Cheers, Ariel, because you're saying it, not me. Uh, He's gonna come good in 2023 and prove the both of you wrong. Just you watch. If he can, look, if he can have his <laughs> passing accuracy that he's had over the past couple of seasons and just move the ball forward, best best midfielder in the league. Yeah, um, but maybe it's just a matter of him him just fitting into Pineda's overall plan, and and I know a lot of people are not Pineda fans, and we'll see how that plays out in twenty twenty three. But um, who knows? I mean, it, it could be something as simple as yeah, like Loggerway wasn't here to to maybe oversee a little bit of that mm-hmm. contract renewal. It could be that maybe they're doing it to then try to trade him and actually get something out of him. I don't know. It is it is a little baffling. Um, we'll see. I mean, but yeah, there's there is always that chance that maybe he's the guy that just fit helps fit into a renewed Pineda squad, and we'll just have to see what 2023 brings. Look, we're all in the passenger seat at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. um, so those are the midfielders, <laughs> and then Mark asked, "What's going on with the Lo- the Eric Lopez situation?" Well. The official roster list that was sent out today when they announced Clement Diop, they send the, the roster list every time they announce a player move or signing. So your forwards are Luis Arujo. I'm going to have to crack open the Ted Lasso Believe energy drink for this one. Um, unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor, yes. yeah. Let's see how this thing tastes. It hits you. It's, it's sugary. Your face, it's sugary. Um, just got my water here. (laughs) That's not bad. That's all I got. All right. So, Luis Arujo, Eric Centeno, uh, who again spent most of the time with the twos last season, Machoke Chole, Jackson Conway, the guy, Joseph Martinez, who we've we've had all discussion about him, (laughs) Edwin Mosquera. 
and Eric Lopez is on the roster. So you, they they got to figure something out with him. Yeah. Joseph, he scored thing. a banger against Nashville. That <laughs> that little flick, I remember. I yeah. remember the game. Yeah, that was that was a crazy game. Uh, that and that's all he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the Eric Lopez situation is just beyond. Yeah, it's weird. The, the entire thing of how it went down was weird. Like they they convinced him to sign and say that they can't bring him onto the roster. However, he could play in the Open Cup, which if and if you knew what was going on with COVID in the United States, you knew there was no Open Cup. He ends up finally playing for what the the Champions League when we're already like the deficit's thirty to nothing going into that second leg. Uh, you know, he plays there and then he and then he comes in and like I get it was like what a bad situation for him just in general. Like bad by his manager, bad by Boca. Like he couldn't play basically soccer for a year. Like it was just mm. It was just a bad situation. They overpaid. They overpaid for him, a hundred percent. Just, just a crazy situation. Zilf had to buy a jersey of Eric Lopez because he loved him <laughs> so much. And so now Zilf's out. You know, depending if he bought it from an illegal site or MLS.com, like it's, it's just, it's just a wild situation with, with Eric Lopez and. Uh. It'd be nice if you know if if he had another chance somewhere, but like the cap hits just is is too strong, and even adding U twenty two spots it still just doesn't still doesn't make sense to keep him on here. But we do have a free U twenty two spot right now because uh, I think Mascara is likely coming off of that. I think he'll be he'll be on it though until until they decide to change it. Which I don't I don't know why they would change it though. That's the thing because of the amount of cap space it saves you. So then you have Sosa. Or you can bring another guy in, another young player possibly. Like you could find another striker right now that could be that could fill the U twenty two spot. Maybe that's someone that's a little younger that has some scoring experience. Like there's things you could do with it. Like Mascara's not making a ton of money, right? Like I don't think it's anything that's that's wild that's gonna cut your cap. Nothing crazy. I get what you're saying, Tyler. Uh, yeah, I think that's just that's gonna gonna be what it comes down to though is I mean at the end of the day though, they might have to keep Eric Lopez because they don't have another striker besides Jackson right. Conway. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean it, it is gonna be interesting to see how they, they manage it because they're not in the best position in terms of how he was brought in and all that, and he hasn't had the best run of form down in South America. So he hasn't even played. Like he doesn't even like play. I mean, he he definitely fell off the off the wagon for sure um, as as his time down there progressed to the point where yeah he wasn't playing much. I mean he did play some in in twenty twenty one and early twenty twenty two, but I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see exactly kind of where he goes from here. I mean, again, right now he's a striker though, and right. Atlanta's not having many of those. <laughs> Hey, who knows? Maybe he becomes the next Joseph Martinez. <laughs> hey, what a what a comeback story that would be! Right. <laughs> I wonder what Eric Lopez's contract is compared to Mascara because uh, uh, United seven hundred one put Mascara's three hundred thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lopez made just over half a million last year. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh lordy, yeah. I mean, take mascara. I mean, if you absolutely have oh, to take nice. mascara off and, and yeah. put Eric onto the U twenty two spot, and hope that uh, Pineda can bring 
something out of him. Yeah, Mark's I mean, I, I think two more, more years. years. Yeah, yeah, Jeez, you have to use him. He's got two more years of Eric Lopez, and if you if you don't use him, I don't know that you're going to find somewhere that's going to want to take him. Right. Maybe you find another loan if you're lucky. Yeah, but I don't know, man. That's it, that's a tough one. But again, maybe maybe he comes back here and he he sees this as an opportunity to focus, and he's with a different manager than he was. I think we got two. He's gone through two managers since he left, <laughs> so he comes back and maybe he can make make a big difference, um, revitalize his career a little bit. I mean, he's still super young, so it's not the end of the world for him. I know, lies. He's barely played. What's that? I mean, you said if you don't use him, maybe think Benfield. of the line in the movie: if you don't use it, you lose it. And uh, <laughs> Eric Lopez might have lost it. Yeah, point. yeah. All right. Um, Bruno wants Bruno in the comments here wants Miami yeah. to literally take all of our. Bruno Bruno's choosing all the violence today. <laughs> hey, Bruno might Miami, not be invited back. Next Martinez, week. <laughs> Rosetto, and uh, Eric Lopez will give you a three for nothing deal. <laughs> Just clear us up some space, please. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's it's crazy. But you know, I, I have seen a lot of folks um saying, Oh, we haven't had these signings and all. We do still have plenty of time, you know. And just because you haven't heard a rumor doesn't mean something's not gonna happen. Right. What happened with with Diope today? It's not like I mean, not like a ton of teams were like really going out saying, Hey, who's gonna pick up, you know, Claymont Diope? And that's no knock on him, but He's not a Joseph Martinez who's going to get all the attention. So you might have one or two that pop up out of nowhere. I mean, Tommy, you were talking earlier about what happened last year with Dom Dwyer. He just showed up at freaking training one day um, as a, as a trialist essentially, and then got picked up. So you look at Tata too. I mean, he got hired off the radar for a lady United and the rest is history. Yep. So even like the Remedi when they brought Remedi in, like there were no rumors of Remedi. All of a sudden, he just it was appears. like we're signing Remedi. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you, you've got time now. If we, if we were in the the middle of February and we were having this conversation, a different story for sure. Right. But um, let's let's hit on because we're 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 cutting it. You know, we we've been here for a minute. I do want to throw out one thing. Um, the preseason schedule. Alex Dijon. Alex Dijon. <laughs> That's NFT weird. advice, baby. That's weird. Um, he's my, he's my new Jurgen Dom. I'm gonna just right. <laughs> every time. Still going, James. Yes, we're still we're going. Still Look, going, James. We had a lot to freaking cover today. So you missed a 20 minute Eric Lopez conversation. You did. All right. Starting striker Eric Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> preseason schedule is we're looking at January 28th against Chattanooga up in Chattanooga. Um, that'll be fun. I'm going to be there um, taking the kids. It'll be a good time. And yeah, if, if you've never seen Chattanooga, they're a, they're a fun team to watch. Obviously, if you paid attention to Atlanta last year, you saw them in the Open Cup at least. But um, just, a, just a cool city, first of all, if you've never been. Yeah. And uh, great opportunity to go up there and see two really fun teams to just see, what, you know, see what's up. Yeah, it's Stadium. Weekend. Nice, nice ground. Finley Stadium is really nice. Yeah, and uh, just outside Finley Stadium is a really neat uh, farmers market as well. If you're kind of into that thing, so uh, fun fact. Um, 
So then they go down to Mexico City for two matches. They're playing on February 4th. They are playing, uh, I think this is hilarious. I know they did this on purpose, but they are playing Atlante FC. Mm-hmm. So it's Atlanta, but with an E at the end. Um, they are second division, essentially, side of Mexico. Yeah. Uh, then on February 8th, they're playing Cruz Azul, which is, that's going to be a big game, big deal for, for Atlanta to be playing against them. And then, of course, they come is back. That the up chippy to, game? Is that the chippy game of this? Uh, yeah, this that's the one where everybody gets we injured. We had a chippy game last year, <laughs> and, we, and we got a lot of injuries. Yeah. We got injuries off of that, for sure. Yep, that's the one where everybody gets freaking destroyed and then has to sit out the first three, right. three regular <laughs> season matches. Oh. Um, February 15th is the AmFam Cup, where we're going to see the new, um, the new kit. So we'll be doing a show just after that, I think, because that is a Wednesday. Typically, our shows are going to be on Wednesdays. We haven't mentioned that yet, but typically it's going to be on Wednesdays um, at 7 o'clock. In the beginning, we're, we're still working some kinks out and all. So we'll talk about our next show here in a minute. But the day that the AmFam Cup happens is going to be um, on Wednesday. So that show will be the day after. We'll have a new kit to talk about. We'll have a new, hopefully, AmFam Cup repeat champion to talk about. <laughs> um, there was a little leak there. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw the picture of Miles at the media day. But oh, yeah. the socks are sweet. I like the socks. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. With the gold. They, they, they're definitely going with the whole gold vibe. So, I dig it. Um, and then the final preseason match is going to be at St. Louis, which is going to be neat because that is obviously the newest MLS team. Atlanta is not going to play them in the regular season this year. They are in the Western Conference. And I think it's been mentioned that this is going to be a sort of trial run for the Apple broadcast, which hmm. is freaking another thing we haven't talked about that we'll hit on next week. Yeah, um, let's... So on that disaster. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot going on with it. I, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, Moa do Jillian Sackovitz and some of the other guys that are coming in, some of the other folks that are coming in. But um, anyway, that's a topic for next week. We'll hit on that later. But yeah, St. Louis City, it's going to be a closed match, though. So we're not going to get to nobody's going to get to be there, essentially. Uh-huh. But it will be really cool to see them play because Atlanta won't see them at all, really? at least mm-hmm. until next season unless something happens in the playoffs or the league's cup 2023 MLS cup St. Yeah. Louis versus Atlanta <laughs> I'm here for it so that's February 18th and then of course February 25th is the season opener against San Jose so um what do you guys think so this is look hour an hour and 45 minutes we've done this we wanted this first episode to be big, guys. We wanted it to be fun. Um, we we debated about bringing in some guests for this first episode, but we knew there was going to be so much to cover. We we would be here for another half an hour, if if not more, if we brought in a guest. So um, there'll be plenty more to come. But Sydney, Tommy, what do you guys have before we before we kind of wrap things up? Yeah, I mean. Like you said, Tyler will be here uh, pretty much every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Unless there's a match during the season, there are a few Wednesday night matches, as you mentioned. So, other than that, plan on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. on Twitch, twitch.tv slash scarves and spikes, youtube.com slash at scarves and spikes, and then also on Twitter at scarves, the letter and spikes. And 
we'll be uploading the video of this on Facebook, so we'll be able to watch on Facebook as well after the fact. And then, as we mentioned earlier, this will be a podcast on the 30, 30 South Soccer Podcast Network. So just search 30 South Soccer on your favorite pod casting platform and you'll be able to hear us whenever you want but yeah really excited about the show really excited about what's to come tyler and tommy i know we've talked about it a lot we've played for it a lot uh <clears throat> excuse me, we'll obviously have our twitter spaces after every regular season match so for that too and yeah it should be a lot of fun we've been doing this for a year i mean we started you know late february last year and yeah three of us and and it's been a fun ride, and we're just evolving, and it's gonna. Hopefully, we're getting better things to talk about this year because <laughs> there was a lot of crying and uh, a lot of yelling and uh, some crazy takes uh, on Twitter. And we'll take some of those and we'll bring them onto here, and yeah. we'll have some fun. And in the meantime, you just gotta you gotta light one up for Joseph Martinez because it yep. was a it was a fun ride, and and believe. Trust I've never lit this candle before, and I'm gonna just keep lighting it until we we see the uh, five stripe forever tweet. We're 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 getting that real soon, and once a five stripe, not gonna be any. Yes. <laughs> no matter what the situation is, it's just sad, and we're we're gonna talk. It's gonna be a, a conversation for the entire season, especially mm-hmm. when they come up. So, yeah. Thanks so, everybody for listening to us. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. So coming in. I do want to I do want to point out two things. Um, the Twitter space is not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, y'all mentioned it a minute ago. Twitter spaces is still happening after every match. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is our thing. This is the thing we're doing on mostly Wednesdays. Um, next week, I say that and then I'm going to say next week is actually going to be on Tuesday at seven o'clock. Um, but we are going to have on a guest to chat with us about uh, where he may be going. And that is going to be Tristan Traeger from formerly now of the Atlanta United twos came out of the air force Academy um, quickly, rapidly became kind of a fan favorite with the twos. If you were paying attention, super talented guy. And uh, he's going to have some news that's, that's going to officially come out um, probably very, very early next week. And then we will be chatting with him on Tuesday, the day probably the day after, to talk about the news and uh, just kind of his thought process and and the direction that he's deciding to go. So it'd be fun to see, fun to talk with him. Um, and then, yeah, we we're gonna try to get on as many. <laughs> he thought he thought you thought we're getting Alex Dijon, the comment. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting Dijon. I'll work on it. I'm gonna special go episode just yeah. for <laughs> advice. If he gives um, me my own NFT. He can come on here anytime. No, Dale. Look, I, I, I've been I've been chatting with him, um, and he it's it's been mentioned for about a week uh, the, the, where he's going, but specifically, um, he he said that he didn't want it out there officially until it was official. So I'm going to refrain from saying anything to respect his wishes because absolutely i totally understand that um but yeah he he um he's doing things relative to his talent and i think that's great for him because he he is a talented guy and i think uh he will he will do great wherever he goes but i do think that where he is going to end up he he will he'll be a very very 
key part of of that group. So, um, yeah, you'll 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 hear about it soon, and I can't wait to uh, to chat with him. He again, he'll be fun to talk to, and he'll be, he'll also be fun to chat with about his time at the twos because, like we said before, that's a very important aspect of um, the first team as well. Sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes we don't pay as much attention to it, but we should. And the twos are going through a big transition. They don't have a coach right now, and they're going to MLS Next Pro. So they have a lot to to look into and a lot to change and a lot of uh, a lot of things happening. So it'd be fun to talk to him about it. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, it's a terrific season with the Lady United too, and yeah, I can't wait to hear from him. Absolutely. All right, um, guys, we appreciate it. Make sure you're you're following our our actual Twitter and all of our others, like Sydney said earlier, scarves and spikes. Uh, make sure you follow myself at ATL Pilgrim. Sydney is at SH Rights. Tommy is at Let's Go Ducks ninety six. Um, and we will we will do this again next week. 